Anyway, get your Bibles open tonight, if you would, Genesis chapter 46, and uh, I'm excited to get to preach to you tonight. Uh, it, on Wednesday nights, uh, we have our teen Bible study here every Wednesday at 7 o'clock, and the Lord has really been blessing that. Uh, before I go on with that, Brother Mark did mention, Pastor Mark Johnston, who pastors our site church uh, up in uh, Gresham area, he told me this morning he thinks that they're still working on their final number. Mrs. Johnson was trying to count her toes earlier, thinking about how they, they think they had their record uh, attendance this Sunday morning uh, at Springwater Baptist Church. And so they were very excited about that. And I, now we can clap for that. I'm good with that, okay? Uh, and so I just wanted to praise the Lord with him because I got to talk with him during greeting time. Uh, but anyway, back to where I was talking. We were Wednesday nights. The Lord has been blessing our teen department here. Uh, we've been running about 60 to 70 teens every single Wednesday night uh, for teen Bible study. And if you show up on Wednesday nights, you've seen the mass exodus when the teens are dismissed. And we love our teens. Um, and so every week, week I get to preach to the young people. And two weeks ago, I preached a message. And as soon as I got done, uh, Brother Derek, our, our junior high youth pastor, I was talking to him. I said, man, Brother Derek, I, I really feel like that message uh, would, help, would help the adults of our church. really would help anybody. And I said that, and Brother Derek's like, yeah, I think it would, and, but whatever, you know. And, and then this week, uh, Pastor Justin, he said, I, I know it's last minute. By the way, Pastor Justin's last minute is never last minute, okay? He's way out. I love that. And uh, so it was like Monday or Tuesday, and he said, would you be willing to preach Sunday night? And do you have anything ready? And I said, well, come, you know, you, I, I was just thinking about a message I preached, you know, like a week and a half ago that I was just saying, I think that'd be good for, for everybody. And uh, so here we are. So I believe that this message is from the Lord tonight. Now, if you're a teen, you already heard it, which means this, the Lord definitely wants you to hear it. Okay, so much so that you're going to hear it twice. By the way, I, I do not do that very often. I, I, uh, I usually make a new sermon every single time I preach. And by the way, uh, I'll just tell you this for, for our church people uh, your pastoral staff here at Grandview Baptist Church takes the Bible very seriously. And they take the preaching of God's Word very seriously. When, when one of us gets up, you can be assured it's been prayed about and it has been prepared. Um, I do not ever walk up to this pulpit without having put it at least four hours into a message uh, that I have worked for at least four hours or more preparing it. Um, and, and, I, and I don't think I'm alone on that. I know many of your pastoral staff, when they get up here... They want God to use them. And so tonight, I believe this message is from the Lord. I believe it can help you. I know it helped me. And so tonight, we're going to be in Genesis 46, if you're there. And the whole chapter surrounding Genesis 46, of course, is the life of Joseph. Uh, most of you know that and are aware of that. But as I read through this, uh, I got to Genesis 46, and there's kind of like this little uh, side story here. And it's kind of just out of place because most of these chapters are about Joseph and what's going on with his brothers here and, and kind of all of this going on. And then you get to Genesis 46 and you just have this little side story that happens. And I feel like it's so important uh, for us to look at tonight. Look at Genesis 46. I want to read just the first four verses. Verse number one says this, In Israel, of course talking about Jacob here, uh, took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices unto the God of his father, Isaac, of course, here's Jacob. They're in the famine. The brothers have gone to Egypt. Joseph has been revealed. All that has already happened. And now they are moving to Egypt uh, because there's a famine here. Egypt has food. Why does Egypt have food? Well, remember Joseph was there and God 
had, had supernaturally put Joseph there. And so Egypt's got food. Here's Jacob. They're, they're about to head over to Egypt. Verse number two. And God spake unto Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here am I. By the way, what a great answer, isn't it? When God speaks to you, do you listen? Do you listen? Jacob, God comes to Jacob in the night and Jacob's quick. Here am I. By the way, Jacob learned that in his younger years, right? He learned that in his younger years. It wasn't always the case with Jacob, but it is now. And he wants God to speak to him. Look at verse 3. And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will there make of thee a great nation. You find out he's, he's afraid about moving here uh, to Egypt. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Verse 4. And I will go down with thee into Egypt. And I will also surely bring thee up again. And Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. Tonight, uh, I want to preach to you this message, facing something new. Facing something new. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we love you. God in heaven, speak to the hearts of our people. Speak through me tonight from your word. I believe this message uh, helped me. I believe it helped our teens. And tonight, I believe it's what you have for every single person here tonight. And so, Lord, please use the message and use your word in your precious name. Amen. Uh, can I tell you, facing things that are new can be difficult. You ever face something new in life? Uh, I was talking to our teenagers. How many, how many of you, when you were a young person, had to go to a new school? Anybody ever had to go to a new school? Remember how difficult it was? How many cried first day? Be honest, don't lie to me. How many cried? There we go. I've got a couple honest people. William, I know you cry every day, so, okay. Uh, thank you for being honest. I appreciate that. Uh, man, it, was, it can be difficult. How many have ever had to go to a new church? Anybody ever attend a new church? Um, I remember growing up, my mom took me to church, me and my brother, and uh, for many years at a church, and that church just started kind of going a different direction. And so we were on Sunday morning going to one church, and Wednesday night, uh, as a young person, I was, going to, I was going to two churches at once. And uh, I remember the night, uh, I believe I was 8th or ninth grade, my mom looked at me in the car, and, and she said, TJ, I think we need to switch churches. And, uh, of course, my dad wasn't really a churchgoer, so his decision-making in the process, he wasn't really a part of the decision-making process. My mom was looking to me, uh, what, what's your thoughts? And, and I told my mom, I said, I, I think we need to move churches. Uh, but that wasn't easy. Uh, it, it was difficult. It was uncomfortable at first, uh, going from what you knew to, to something that you didn't. Uh, how many have ever started a new job? Have we ever started a new job? And most of us have. Sometimes it's not easy. You're used to one thing. You're used to the way a boss operates. You're used to the way the system runs. And now you maybe had to learn something totally new. And you had to work under someone maybe you, you didn't get along with like your old boss. It was, it was new. Um, anybody ever had to make a new friend? Move somewhere and made new friends? Not easy. Not easy. Um, sometimes in life you go to the doctors and they tell you you have a new health issue. By the way, those are frustrating, aren't they? You hear the results and you're thinking, huh, that's going to change my life a little bit. In life, sometimes we have to deal with things that are new. That are new. And it's not always easy. And that's what Jacob's going through. You read the story here. Jacob is about to move to Egypt. You think, well, what, what's the big deal? Well, don't forget how old he is. Here in the story, he's 130 years old. By the way, if you know anything about elderly people, they do not always like things that are new, amen? Right? Go to McDonald's tomorrow morning at about 8 a.m. 
and go in there and, dear Lord, if the coffee machine at McDonald's is not working, there's going to be some wonderful old people who are very upset because they don't get their coffee. They don't want the cappuccino. That's too new for them, right? You know, sometimes in life, when you face new things, it can be difficult. Here's Jacob, where he's supposed to be. By the way, in his life, you you read the story of Jacob, we know he wasn't always where he was supposed to be. He had spent some time away from the Lord. He had spent some time working uh, and and, and been away. And then he had his brother he dealt with. And now he's been settled. He's got his family now. He's getting to the point where we know he's not going to live that much longer. Verse 4 hints that Joseph will be there when he closes. That's a hint towards he's not going to make it much longer. And here he is having to go to Egypt. By the way, don't forget this little side note. In his ancestry, going to Egypt wasn't always a good thing. Remember, he learned that from maybe Abraham who went to Egypt, and that wasn't necessarily a great decision. And so here he is going to Egypt. He knows Joseph's there. He doesn't have any food, and he's about to move everything. And you find here he is facing something new. And I want tonight to look at when you face something new, what do you do? What do you do? Can we do that tonight? Number one, I got three thoughts. Stay with me. We have plenty of time. Miss Vicki, I said, what time do you want me done tonight? She said, six o'clock. We're looking fantastic. By the way, she has to deal with the children, amen? So that means if I preach long, she has to preach long, okay? So we got to keep Miss Vicki happy, amen? And so tonight, I want to give you three thoughts here from this story on when you face something new. Number one, look at verse three. The Bible says, and he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, number one, when you face something new in life, don't be afraid because God is with you. Don't be afraid because God is with you. Here he is, 130-year-old man, having to move his whole life to Egypt. No doubt he's afraid. God comes to him, and God, I don't think, would have said, don't be afraid, unless he was afraid. He was fearful of this new situation, this new moment in life, and God comes to him and says, Jacob, don't be afraid. Look what it says next. For I will there make of thee a great nation. Verse four, I will go down with thee into Egypt. This evening, when you face something new in life, remember this, don't be afraid because God is with you. It's important to remember that wherever we find ourselves in life, God is still with you. If it's new, God's with you. If it's old, God's still with you. See, praise the Lord for promises in the Bible that God will never leave us nor forsake us. Which means that when I face something new, something that I'm not accustomed to, something different, the next step in my life, I don't have to be afraid about it because I know this, God is with me. Don't be afraid because God is with you. Uh, I'll never forget growing up on a farm. Uh, my grandma uh, owns a farm and my grandma and grandpa used to help uh, run that farm and, and just tremendous work, the amount of work that it would take. Uh, of course, she has a whole orchard, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of apple trees and they had a big old fruit stand. Uh, many times, many of you have been to different types of things like that. Uh, and so we had everything and, and it took a lot of work. And one of uh, our favorite jobs as young people, our favorite, 
okay, uh, was our job was to trim apple trees. Now, that sounds so easy. How many think trimming apple trees sounds so easy? Well, let, let's think about this. It's Michigan. Usually we did it during Christmas break. It was usually about 20 degrees out, a couple feet of snow. We have these giant clippers. We're bundled up. All you can see is our eyeballs. By the way, it's Christmas break. Who wants to work on Christmas break, teenagers? Well, no, none of us. Even though we love money, we don't want to work for the money. Amen. And so here I am going out there in the winter on Christmas break. Trekking through now, now praise the Lord. I was telling the teenagers this the other day. One of the side perks of this job was it was just cold enough that those those rotten apples were solid enough you could pick them off the tree, but they were mushy enough that when you smacked your brother in the back with one, it would explode on him. Praise the Lord. That was a side perk of the job. But we would go out there and we'd start in a row, and here we are. We have our ladders and we have our clippers. And I remember my grandma, when we first started doing this, I mean, think about it, hundreds of trees, she would hand you your tool. It was a little, one of those little tiny hand clippers. There's your tree. Good luck. And and some of those things, branches you're cutting, you're like, I mean, you're like, I mean, you're like trying to go around it. Terrible. And I'll never forget where it was like, grandma, we need bigger clippers. Now, you got to remember, my grandma, she's, she's from the, the old, old working class, right? She's thinking, no, suck it up. Use those little clippers, okay? That's good enough. She don't want to spend, but grandma, look, at, I, you know? And so I remember the day where she went to the store. It was like, praise God. She went to the store and she got some of those big clippers, right? I mean, the big daddy ones, big old. I mean, you could, you could chop off some, some, some tree limbs like that, like butter, Praise the Lord. Man, our work rate like doubled. And I'm thinking, Grandma, what What took you so long? But you know what? She didn't like things that were new. She didn't want to do it. And, and I'll never forget it. Praise the Lord. One day, she invested in a uh, motorized chainsaw. I just about quit. You don't even need me anymore, Grandma. I'm going to go back and watch, watch some TV during Christmas break, right? You know, sometimes in life, When things are new, we don't want to do it because we're afraid. We're afraid of what may happen. We're afraid of the results. We're afraid of maybe what people will think. We're afraid of how it's going to go. We we start getting these preconceived notions. I'm going to do this. And this is Jacob. I'm going to go to Egypt. What's going to happen? Is this what I'm supposed to do? Does God even want me there? And God comes to him in the middle of the night and says, Jacob, don't be afraid. I'm going to go down with you. How many would love a confirmation from God on something new like that? And boy, Jacob goes from fear to faith very quickly when God speaks to it. And so don't be afraid because God is with you. By the way, 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God does not want you to be afraid of things that are new. He wants you to trust in him. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says this, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Don't be afraid, because God is there to lift you up when you're facing that thing that is new. Psalm 34 4 says, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. When you're facing something new in life, don't forget that you should not be afraid because God is walking beside you. Here's Jacob, no doubt afraid of what's coming, and God comes to him and reminds him of the simple truth. Jacob, 
You don't have to be afraid because when you go to Egypt, I am going with you. Are you with me so far tonight? That's number one. Number two, when facing something new, I love this. God will give you confirmation. God will give you confirmation. How many of you have ever faced something new that you chose? Anybody like that? In fact, I would say this. A lot of us adults, that's you every decision you make. You know, as a teenager, mom and dad kind of tell you what to do. Hey, you're going to a new school. Well, I don't want to. Too bad. You're going. You don't have a choice. But praise the Lord for as an adult, we get to make our own decisions. Amen? I love that. I love that freedom. But we also understand adults with that freedom. There's responsibility. You better make the right decision. That pressure. And I want you to understand that in life, when you are picking something new, God will almost always give you confirmation you're doing what you're supposed to do. In a second, I'll remind you, he also is very quickly to tell you when you're not doing what you're supposed to do. God wants to confirm to you that you're making the right decision. Jacob, no doubt, is wondering, should I go to Egypt? Should I go? He believes it's the right thing, but he's also afraid about it. And God comes to him in the middle of the night and puts his stamp of approval. Jacob, this is from me. This is where I want you and your family to go. By the way, how many think that would make that decision a whole lot easier? And I'm here to tell you tonight, God will do the same in your life. When you're picking something that's new, when you're making a big decision in life, God does not want to let you follow blindly. He wants to lead you, he wants to guide you, and he wants to give his stamp of confirmation on that new thing you are facing. By the way, in this case, God would come to Jacob in a vision or a dream in the night. How many have ever had a vision or a dream in the night? How many have had one and you thought that was not from the Lord? Amen. Bad pizza. Okay, that's me, right? You ate some dessert and you had some crazy nightmares that night. Okay. By the way, God can speak through dreams. And can I tell you, God can speak to us in a variety of different ways. Variety. We're going to get into that in a minute. How does God speak to you and show you confirmation? But can I tell you when God or when you're having facing something new, God wants to come alongside and he wants to put a stamp of confirmation on what you're doing. For instance, I gave you a story of that already tonight. I, I believe this message was for adults. And then five days later, Pastor Justin, out of the blue, asked me to preach a Sunday night to our adults in our church. Stamp of confirmation. I'll preach it. Now, maybe it wasn't the Lord. Maybe it was just random luck. I don't believe that, by the way. I believe it's from the Lord. God wants to come alongside and confirm those things to us. God also many times reveal to us if you aren't doing what he wants as well. It works both ways. Works both ways. God wants to come alongside each of us and he wants to point us in the right direction. And by the way, if we're going in the wrong direction, I believe God is very quickly to say, hey, you're headed the wrong direction. And he can do that through a variety of ways. Uh, I remember in, in high school, one of my favorite classes, praise God, we had a class in our high school. It was offered for the senior guys. Get this name. Every fellow will just say amen here when I reveal this name of this class. In high school, senior class, only guys, it was called Big Dog Grilling Class. Amen? amen. Hey, thank you, Brett Pastor. I had a couple amens, okay? Where's my men out there? Amen? Big Dog Grilling Class. Amen? By the way, how many are signing up for that? Everybody's signing up for that. I signed up for that because how can that be a bad class? Now, I don't want to go to home ec. We'll let the girls do that. But grilling? Hey, man, I'm signing up. 
I went to big dog grilling class, by the way, best teacher ever. Our teacher spoiled us rotten. We got aprons. My apron said, TJ, big dog grilling class with a dog. Roof, it didn't say roof on the picture. I was the one saying roof, roof. I mean, man, it's great. We all got our aprons on. Our teacher, I, I mean, she spoiled us rotten. We come to class one day. She says, fellas, the grill is, the grill is hot. Hey, man, there ain't nothing better than that. You could smell it. She said, I bought steaks today. We're going to grill. Come on. It's 2.30 in the afternoon in school, and here we, this, man, it don't get better. Fellas, you, I, I'm just telling you, best class ever. She says, I got steaks for you. Now, 16 guys, she bought, I think it was 24 steaks. Do the math on that. I'm getting, I'm getting two, basically. I'm fighting somebody. Somebody's getting one. I'm getting two. This is great. Man, we come in. I mean, she's got them laying out there, just big old slabs of meat. By the way, I don't know where she got all the money for that. Praise the Lord. She's awesome. She, she's got these steaks ready. I mean, we are ecstatic. I mean, we're salivating. This is the best day of my life. This is the best class on planet Earth. I mean, we're excited. She, she, and by the way, we don't know what we're doing. We just know we want the steak, right? By the way, no vegetables. No, no vegetables. Amen. Nothing. Meat. That was it. This grilling class, not cooking grass out of the front yard class, okay? Some of you salad eaters, don't get mad now. I'm preaching, okay? You can preach to me afterwards, all right? I'll be in the back parking lot running away. And uh, anyway, man, we got, we got those steaks. And she, I remember she, she, by the way, I don't know anything about grilling. I'm trusting my teacher here. And, and she pulls out this giant metal pan, and it is just filled with melted butter. Hey, man! And I, I remember she said, fellas, here's what we're going to do. Take those steaks, just throw them in the butter. Now, I'm not an expert at grilling. And I don't know if that's good or bad, but I do know this. I like steak. I like butter. How can that be bad? And so, man, we, we took those things, and we're just, by the way, I've got two. You know, I'm dunking these things, man. I mean, this is great. And, and, and of course, the whole time we're looking like, are we doing this right? You know, we're looking at the teacher, and, and, and so we're dunking it, and then we took them over. We got this big old grill. She's got it fired up. And here we are. We have so many steaks. I mean, we're like literally cramming these steaks on this grill because there's 16 of us. It is a riot, of course, as you can imagine, 16 senior guys cooking steaks. I mean, it's, it's a miracle we didn't burn the whole school down. Uh, but, I mean, we're, we're just cooking away. And, and, and we're sitting there. And, I mean, it, you should have seen our face. You, by the way, you think we were so confident. Yet, can I tell you, for most of us, here's what we were doing. Are, are we doing this right? Was that too much butter? Did I not dunk it long enough? Do I need to dry it out? You know, I mean, questions. She's having to answer question after question after question. We're throwing it on the grill. I don't know about you, fellas. You remember the first time you grilled something? How scared were you? I was so scared. I mean, that is, that is the most precious meat on planet Earth. It's a steak. And I don't want to ruin it. Please, I don't want to ruin it. I mean, I'm throwing it on. It's been on there 10 seconds. Is it too long? You know, I mean, I, I'm looking at the teacher. And by the way, it wasn't just me. All 16 of us were looking at the teacher going, can I tell you, you know what we were doing the whole entire class, although we were excited about the steak, we were excited about learning something new. We kept looking to the teacher for confirmation. Am I doing the right thing? Am I cooking it too long? Do I need to take it off? Do I need to flip it? Is that too much? Is that too little? And can I tell you, Christian, when you're doing something new in life, 
you need to look to the Lord and say, God, am I doing the right thing? Is this the right decision? Is this what you want for me and my family? Is God, this what you have for me? By the way, that's what Jacob's doing. Jacob needed confirmation. And God comes to him and gives him the confirmation that he needs. By the way, Christian, can I tell you how many bad decisions we would avoid if we simply did that? If we simply went to God and say, God, what would you have me to do? I think God would reveal the answer to us. I believe that. He wants to. But a lot of times we don't go to him. We don't look for that confirmation. And we make maybe a decision that is not what he wants. Tonight, can I very quickly, I'm going to give you just a couple thoughts. Time is running away from me. How does God speak to us? Okay, Brother Tidy, I want confirmation. I'm looking for God's confirmation. How does God confirm what's new? That I'm, I'm facing this new thing. Is this what God wants? How do I know? And how does God speak to us? Well, first off, he speaks through his Bible. That's why you read it. By the way, it's not just good enough to come here and hear it preached, although certainly we're going to talk about that in a second. But you as an individual, are you going to read his word? Because I believe so often, at least in my life, God has confirmed things to me when I've opened this book up. And it could be the most random passage on planet Earth. Yet God uses it to confirm in my heart and in my life that what I'm doing is what God wants me to do. God speaks through his word. God wants to talk to you and give you confirmation. But if you never read his word, how can he tell you what's... How can he tell you that you're on the right trail, on the right path? Through your Bible. Um... For teenagers, I talked about this the other day, through your parents. You know, teenagers, God gave them to you for a reason. And sometimes God supernaturally gives your parents wisdom that maybe you don't understand or don't get. And God will use them to speak to you. By the way, even if you're a young adult, even if you're an adult my age, my parents are still alive, amen? I'm supposed to honor and respect my parents. You know what? There's been times even as an adult where my dad said, hey, you think about this? And I try to, when my dad says something like that, you know what I try to do? Actually think about it. Because I believe this. Sometimes God speaks through the God-given authority in my life. Like my parents. How about this one? Your spiritual leaders. You know, when Pastor Justin's preaching, I believe this. God always has something for me. He has something for me. And when your pastor or a spiritual leader, a Sunday school teacher gets up and they're giving God's word, a lot of times God will confirm to you in your heart what you're doing is what he wants or it's not through that spiritual leader that God has given you through preaching. I, I, by the way, something for those of you that might be new to our church, this church, if you haven't figured it out yet, we love preaching here. We emphasize preaching. We, we preach at everything. You come to a special event, you're going to hear preaching. Let me, let me just, you know, drop that truth bomb on you. It's like Christmas program. There's going to be a preaching time. Don't you worry. We believe in the preaching of God's word. Why? Because through the preaching of God's word, he speaks to our hearts and through the hearts of everyone who shows up. That's why, as a young person, show up to preaching. When, man, there's a conference, a camp, I'm going. I'm going. Why? Because preaching's going to happen. And when preaching happens, God is going to speak to me. Adults, the same way. That's why you should never miss church. I remember uh, growing up as a young man, I had an elderly pastor. And he said, never miss church because when you miss church, you miss the chance for God to speak to you. And God had a message ready, but you never know. Can I tell you, I try not to miss church because when a church happens, preaching happens. And when preaching happens, God speaks to you and me. And in doing so, he can confirm in your heart what you're doing is right 
or maybe you're not on the right trail. Very quickly, I've got to hasten. Number three, and I'm done. If you didn't pick the new thing. That num- point number two, sometimes we face new things and we get to pick, right? But sometimes, can I tell you, we don't get to pick? Ever, anybody ever had something like that happen? You didn't get to pick the new thing. Maybe you lost your job. You didn't want a new job. <laughs> you know, you didn't want one, but you got, had to get one. It, it was something that you didn't pick. You had a health issue, and it wasn't like you said, God, strike me with a health issue. You didn't get to pick the new thing that you were facing. Sometimes in life we get to pick, sometimes we don't. If you didn't pick the new thing, can I tell you what to do? Take it as God's plan and live for him. Take it as God's plan and live for him. Here's what I love about this story. Here's this four or five verses on Jacob. And Jacob is afraid to go to Egypt. God comes to him, don't be afraid. Egypt's where I want you to be. I'm going with you. I'll take care of you. He's facing something new. But as you read the entire story around this, who's it about? Joseph. How many times did Joseph face something new that he had no control over? Do you think he wanted to be a slave? I don't think any of us think that. He didn't choose that. His brothers sold him into slavery. They, it was chosen for him. The new thing he was facing, he had nothing to do with. But can I tell you, when he was a slave, he excelled at his position. He did a wonderful job, and God still used him, even though he didn't get to choose it. Did Joseph pick the prison? In fact, you read the story, he was in the right, wasn't he? He was running from sin. He was doing the right thing. And yet, here he is, thrown into prison, Facing something new, none of us would choose to go to prison. He wouldn't have either. He didn't get to choose it. Yet, you find that as he's in the prison, guess what he's doing? He's excelling. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He becomes kind of a leader in the prison. Did he pick to be in power in Egypt? Have you ever read that story where Pharaoh asked him about the dream and he gives the interpretation? In fact, God not only gives him the interpretation, God gives him what to do. He tells Pharaoh what to do and Pharaoh looks at him and says, you're hired. By the way, I don't even know if Joseph wanted the job. By the way, it beats the prison, so I mean, maybe he probably did. He had, I mean, we're going up, amen. But he, it doesn't say that he chose it. It was chosen for him and yet you find him taking this position and growing and doing a great job and living for the Lord. I want you to understand in life, when you face something new that you did not choose, you did not have any say in the matter, then take it that this is from God. This is from God. And because it's from God, I know this. He's with me. I don't have to be afraid. And I'm going to trust him. And I'm going to excel in whatever area that God has put me in. You could sit there and complain about it. Joseph did not. You can sit there and gripe about it. Joseph did not. I'm here to tell you when something new you face comes your way and maybe you didn't choose it, take that it's from the Lord and start living for him while doing it. I also want to add this in and I'm done. It's 5.59. We are almost perfection. Sometimes people say, well, and by the way, I deal with teenagers and by the way, I love our teenagers. Our teenagers have such a heart for the Lord. That, that sometimes will say, well, Brother TJ, what if I make the wrong decision? By the way, don't you just love that heart that they are so concerned about doing what God wants? By the way, I believe this. If you, if you really want what God wants for you, he's going to lead you. You're going to be fine. 
You, you get into trouble when you just don't care what God thinks. That's when you really start heading the wrong direction. But, but our young people, Brother TJ, what if I make the wrong decision? And, and I'm here to tell you this. With God, there's always a reroute. How many have ever had their GPS? If you're anything like Brother TJ, I miss turns all the time. Brother Cameron knows this. He, he's with me quite frequently. The other day we were hunting. We are driving at like 3 a.m. on the highway. And at 3 a.m. you tend to not pay attention very well. And uh, I drove right by the exit. I had my GPS on, but I didn't have it like the sound on because it's annoying, you know. Turn right. and No, shut up. Leave me alone. I need it on, but I don't want to hear you, especially at 3 a.m. And, and so, man, it, it said like, you know, seven minutes till the exit. And, you know, next thing you know, I don't look down for seven minutes because it's 3 a.m. You know, just driving down the road. And uh, I, looked at, I looked at an exit and I went, that looked pretty, oh, that was the exit. Oh, praise the Lord. And then, of course, you see this. 12 minutes, you know, it goes from 7 to 12. By the way, did I still get to where I needed to go? Just took a little longer. And can I tell you, sometimes in life you may make a bad decision. Can I tell you, God can still get you where he wants you. He can still get you there. It may take a little longer. It uh, may not be as easy. You may burn a little extra gas getting there. But he can still get you where you need to go. The key is to stay on the right track and to get back where you should be. So tonight, if you're facing something new and you chose it, can I ask you, maybe, maybe you need to go to the Lord for confirmation. Maybe tonight, you're, you're here tonight and, and you haven't, you're facing it new, but you haven't made the decision yet. W- would you go to the Lord and ask him for confirmation? Maybe recently you've made a decision and you're, you're backtracking on it. You're thinking, man, that's not what the Lord had. Could I tell you, he can still get you where he needs you to go. And, and maybe tonight you're in the new thing. And it's been difficult. And it's been tough. Could I tell you tonight, will you just trust in him? He's got a plan. And if tonight maybe you're the person who you're facing something new, you didn't pick it. You didn't pick it. Can I tell you, take it like it's from the Lord and excel in it. I know that's not easy but excel in it and let God use you uh, while you're going through that thing that's new. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? We're going to have a word of prayer. With heads bowed, eyes closed, I'm going to ask Pastor Justin to come up here and close us in an invitation. But with heads bowed, eyes closed, I wonder, is there someone in here tonight that would say, Brother TJ, either I'm facing something new right now, uh, or Brother TJ, I have a decision that I'm trying to make right now. It's a big decision. Um, or maybe it's Brother TJ, I've just, I'm in something new and I'm afraid. Would you say, Brother TJ, would you pray for me tonight? Somewhere in the message, God spoke to my heart about something I'm going through right now. And Brother TJ, I need prayer for it. Is there anyone like that tonight that would say, Brother TJ, would you just pray for me? Would you slip your hand up? I see hands all over the room. Is there anyone else? I'll just, in a second, Pastor Justin is going to come up. He's going to give you a quick word of prayer. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? Hands are going up all over the room. Praise the Lord and thank you for that. Uh, tonight, would you trust the Lord when you're facing something new? Pastor Just, would you come? Would you stand to your feet tonight? The piano's going to play with heads bowed. If God spoke to you, would you come forward and do business with God? Amen. The altar's open. If God's touched your heart tonight, let me encourage you to maybe take a minute and spend some time with Him. Maybe you'd like to uh, start brand new as far as maybe coming to Christ tonight. We'd love to, our assistant pastors would love to pray with you and show you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven. Maybe you'd like to, maybe take that next step in baptism.
As I mentioned this morning, baptism is an outward expression of my inward decision. It's basically showing everyone that I wanted to follow the Lord and as I got saved and I want to follow Him in baptism. Maybe you're interested in joining the church. We had a family join this morning. Maybe you'd like to join the church. Let me encourage you maybe to come forward. Or maybe just let God work in your heart as you can. Maybe you're standing there and say, you know what, I feel like I'm where God wants me to be. Let me encourage you to, to think of someone here, maybe in the auditorium right now, that you could pray for. Say, well, I don't know them very well, or I just met them. But just pray that God will help them in their life. May we be a church that prays for each other as well. And may we see what God can do in our hearts. I encourage you to just take a minute or two and spend some time with God at this time. Lord, we sure do love you, Lord. Thank you so much for loving us. It certainly is good to be in your house tonight. Thank you for the message that was preached, Lord. Thank you for using it in our lives. Lord, as we face new things, Lord, things that maybe we've asked for or wanted and maybe some things we didn't, Lord, may we respond the right way. May we use this formula tonight that Joseph, uh, Jacob used. And I pray you help it apply to our life. We sure do love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We have a video we want to show you with some upcoming announcements. I do have one question there, Brother TJ. How did the steak turn out? Okay, he ate both of them. How many many have been motivated to get some steak this week? Okay, and all right, let's, let's watch that video. We are raising funds for our new family center. A large donor has promised to match the first $70,000 that comes in between now and the end of the year. So join us in being a part of this special giving opportunity for our gym. Realm is our online church database system. This powerful system allows Sunday school teachers to communicate better with class members. 
Connect with others in your group, stay informed, and up to date on upcoming events in your class and our church all through Realm. Signing up to use Realm is simple. A scheduled email invite will be sent tomorrow morning for everyone who has an email address in our database. Check your inbox or spam folder and click the link to get signed in. For questions or more information, I'll be at the welcome desk following the service to help you. Mark your calendars for the Christmas Eve candlelight service that will take place on Saturday, December 24th at 5 p.m. Join us as we celebrate the birth of our Savior. Please note that there will be only one shortened service on Christmas Day at 10.30 a.m. and on New Year's Day at 10.30 a.m. Make plans to join us for an exciting Share the Vision service on Sunday morning, January 15th with Pastor Justin, who will share his goals and exciting plans for the new year. We want you to stay connected at Grandview Baptist Church. To make this easier, we have a text and email service that can help you receive information about upcoming events, prayer requests, and important church updates. To sign up for the church text and e-messenger emails, stop by the welcome desk to fill out a connect card, or sign up online at grandviewcares.com and click connect. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great week and we'll see you Wednesday night at 7 p.m. God bless you. Thank you so much for being faithful and for serving the Lord today. I hope you have a great, great week, and we'll see you Wednesday. You're dismissed.